welcome back to Recharge Radio, your one-stop spot to get spiritually recharged for your day. My name is Andy, and welcome to The Water Wheel. Today, Whitfield is here to remind us for what reason the Holy Spirit has been sent. And truly, as we read here, when He has come, He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Our aim today is part one of the threefold conviction. First, it convinces of sin, and generally of some enormous sin, the worst perhaps the convicted person ever was guilty of. Thus, when our Lord was conversing with the woman of Samaria, he convinced her first of her adultery. Woman, go call thy husband. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast said well, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In this saidst thou truly. With this there went such a powerful conviction of all her other actual sins, that soon after she left her water pot and went her way into the city, and saith unto men, Come, and see a man that told me all things that ever I did. Is this not the Christ? Thus our Lord also dealt with the persecutor Saul. He convinced him first of the horrid sin of persecution. Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Such a sense of all his other sins probably at the same time revived in his mind that immediately he died. That is, died to all his false confidences and was thrown into such an agony of soul that he continued three days and neither did eat nor drink. This is the method of the Spirit of God, which generally takes in dealing with sinners. He first convinces them of some heinous actual sin, and at the same time brings all their other sins into remembrance, as it were sets them in a battle array before them. When he has come, he will reprove the world of sin. And was it ever thus with you, my dear hearers? For I must question you as I go along, because I tend, by the divine help, to preach not only to your heads, but to your hearts. Did the Spirit of God ever bring all your sins thus to remembrance, and make you cry out to God, Thou writest bitter things against me? Did your actual sins ever appear before you, as though drawn in a map? If not, you have great reason, unless you were sanctified from the womb, to suspect that you are not convicted, much more not converted, and that the promise of the text was never yet fulfilled in your hearts. Farther. When the Comforter comes into a sinner's heart, though it generally convinces the sinner of his actual sin first, yet it leads him to see and bewail his original sin, the fountain from which all these polluted streams do flow. Though everything in the earth, air, and water, everything both without and within, concur to prove the truth of that assertion in the scripture, in Adam we all have died, yet most are so hardened through the deceitfulness of sin, that notwithstanding they may give an assent to the truth of the proposition in their heads, Yet they never felt it really in their hearts. Nay, some in words professedly deny it, though their works too, too plainly prove them to be degenerate sons of a degenerate father. But when the Comforter, the Spirit of God, arrests a sinner and convinces him of sin, all carnal reasoning against original corruption, every proud and high imagination which exalteth itself against that doctrine is immediately thrown down. And he is made to cry out, Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? He now finds that consequence is sin, and does not so much bewail his actual sins as the inward perverseness of his heart, which he now finds not only to be an enemy to, but also direct enmity against God. And to the Comforter, my dear friends, ever come with such a convincing power as this unto your hearts, were you ever made to see and feel that in your flesh dwelleth no good thing, 
that you are conceived and born in sin, and that you are by nature children of wrath, that God would be just if he damned you, though you never committed an actual sin in your lives? So often, as you have been at church and sacraments, did you ever feelingly confess that there was no health in you, that the remembrance of your original and actual sins was grievous unto you, and that the burden of them intolerable? If not, you have been only been offering to God vain oblations. You never yet prayed in your lives. The Comforter never yet came effectually into your souls, and consequently you are not in the faith properly so called. No, you are at present in a state of death and damnation. Again, the Comforter, when he comes effectually to work upon a sinner, not only convinces him of the sin of his nature and the sin of his life, but also of the sin of his duties. We all naturally are legalists, thinking to be justified by the works of the law. When somewhat awakened by the terrors of the Lord, we immediately, like the Pharisees of old, go about to establish our own righteousness and think we shall find acceptance with God if we seek it with tears. Finding ourselves damned by nature and our actual sins, we then think to recommend ourselves to God by our duties and hope by our doings of one kind or another to inherit eternal life. But whenever the Comforter comes into the heart, it convinces the soul of these false rests and make the sinner to see that all his righteousness are but filthy rags and that for the most pompous services, he deserves no better a doom than that of the unprofitable servant to be thrown into outer darkness where is weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. And was this degree of conviction ever wrought in any of your souls? Did the comfort ever come into your hearts so as to make you sick of your duties as well as your sins? Were you ever, with the great apostle of the Gentiles, made to abhor your own righteousness which is by the law? Acknowledge that you deserve to be damned, though you should give all your goods to feed the poor. Were you made to feel that your very repentance needed to be repented of, and that everything in yourselves is but dung and dross? And that all the arguments you can fetch for mercy must be out of the heart and pure, unmerited love of God? Were you ever made to lie at the feet of sovereign grace and say, Lord, if thou wilt, thou mayest save me. If not, thou mayest justly damn me. I have nothing to plead. I can in no wise justify myself in that sight. My best performances I see will condemn me, and all I have to depend upon is thy free grace. What say you? Was this ever or is this now the habitual language of your heart? You have been frequently at the temple, but did you ever approach it in the temper of the poor publican? And afterwards, have you done all, acknowledged that you have done nothing? And upon a feeling, experimental sense of your own, un your own unworthiness and sinfulness every way, smite upon your breast and say, God be merciful to us sinners. If you never thus minded, the comfort comforter never yet effectually came into your souls. You are out of Christ. And if God should require your souls in that condition, he would be no better to you than the consuming fire. That's all from us this week at Recharge Radio. God bless and have a great weekend.